What if all of the hope, strength, and wisdom that we need for all of life's hurdles, temptations, and challenges were available to us right now? I mean, wouldn't that be life-altering? I bet it would. We're glad you're here, New Creations. Let's dive in. Welcome to episode nine of the We Are Recreative podcast. I'm Kim, and this is John Matthew. Hey. And on this podcast, we're exploring answers to two of life's most important questions. Number one, who is God and what is he like? And number two, who are we because Jesus has transformed us from the inside out? So we've been using 2 Corinthians 5.17 as our launch pad. And on this episode, which is the last one of this particular series, we are looking at the very last word of this verse, which is here or as many translations use, has come. Yeah. A few weeks ago, we were visiting at the church where I used to be a pastor for quite a number of years. And one of my friends was leading service and he said he was a little bit jealous of the kids who were sharing some special music in the service. He said, I'm jealous because for kids, life seems so much simpler. And it's like the older you get, the more challenges there are, the more opportunities there are to be overwhelmed by all of the things that we see happening in life around us. Maybe you can relate. I mean, it's obvious that we need hope, wisdom, grace, strength, power from somewhere to carry us through all of life's hurdles and hardship, which is why the gospel is such great news. Jesus invites us to become like children who are dependent, who trust him because he cares for us. And as we apply our faith, we find that we've been forgiven because of Jesus' death on the cross. We've been transformed because of his resurrection life. And as we saw in 2 Corinthians 5.17, we are now new creations. The new is here right now. And that opens up a whole new way of living for us. Absolutely. The practical outworking of this truth is highlighted for us in Romans 5.17. It tells us that we as new creations are designed to reign in life. That it's not just that we accept Jesus and then we struggle through life until we finally get to heaven and everything is made right. We're actually not designed to just treat salvation as fire insurance or to just escape hell. Escaping hell isn't enough. We actually need strength and power for living right now. I heard someone say recently that getting saved and then waiting to get to heaven is a little bit like walking through the desert. You start out your journey and then you get thirsty and you spend the whole journey being thirsty. And at the end of the walk, you go, well, at least I didn't drink the poison. And you go, well, yeah, that's true. But what's the problem with that? Well, you spent the whole journey, you spend your whole life being thirsty. And that's not God's design for us. God has a better way for us because he has supplied everything we need for life and for godliness. In fact, he is our living water that satisfies our thirst. The Bible makes it clear that eternal life is actually his life. And so when we put our trust in Jesus, it's his life that we enter into by faith. And the thing about eternal life is that it's eternal, meaning it has no beginning and no end. And so when you're gifted eternal life in Jesus and all that goes along with it, you gain access to the limitless resources of God for every moment that you're alive. We reign in life because we have received from him. We've received from Jesus now and the restored relationship and the new identity is here. It's now. And Romans 5, 17 
highlights these two specific things that enable us to walk in victory and to have freedom in life. It's the abundance of grace and we receive the gift of righteousness. These are the tools, these are the gateways that allow us to reign in life in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's right standing and right relationship with the God of the universe. That's amazing. And it's abounding grace for every situation and interaction, every challenge, every struggle. It's ours in Jesus now. Mm -hmm. The context of this verse tells us that reigning in life is the opposite of what Adam accomplished for humanity which was condemnation and death. And that while Jesus' death is an incredible payment for sin, it says how much more we will be saved through his life. It's his life which is now being lived and expressed through each of us by faith that secures for us victory over sin, temptation, condemnation, judgment, and death. This isn't just something to look forward to one day. It's a freedom that we have now. The old is gone and the new is here. So rather than struggling to be right in our own strength, we rest in the sufficiency of Jesus and the recreated identity he has bestowed on us. Rather than being swayed and swept away by every bogo sign or pretty face or inclination to control and manipulate or every annoying interruption in our day. You have annoying interruptions to you today? <laughs> All the time. <laughs> <laughs> We stand firm in faith and we run from temptation and trust Jesus as our escape hatch so that we're not taken in. Rather than going about our days carrying the weight of the world, carrying the heaviness and the darkness of our past or feeling condemned or the weight of what's going on in our circumstances, we know that the forgiveness and freedom and restoration and the redemption power of the cross is here so that we can walk in relationship with God and pursue right relationship with those around us, including reconciliation if need be. And this is all a result of what Jesus accomplished for us and finished at the cross. And just so we're clear, uh, there is also freedom to learn, freedom to grow and mature, freedom to fail, freedom to experience the consequences and the discipline of the Lord as well as we grow and mature. And we won't get it right all the time just because the new is here, but we get to learn to walk in it more and more as we grow in him. Freedom to fail. I'm thankful. All of this is the outworking of God's abundance of grace and his gift of righteousness to us. All of these things are a glimpse of what it looks like to reign in life. And it's true of you and it's true of me because of our faith in Jesus, because the new is here now already. Reigning in life made me think of those words in Romans chapter 8 that says we're more than conquerors. And I thought, oh, man, more than conquerors, that sounds pretty good. Uh, but then I had to go and look up what all of these things that were more than conquerors in actually were. And so uh, it's a bit long to share the whole passage with you in this video. You can read it when we're done hanging out on the video here. But this is what I found in Romans chapter 8. God, who did not spare his own son, will graciously give us all things. Nothing can take us or separate us from, his God, from God's love, which means that nothing can redefine our security or our value or our being in him, our belonging to him, our hope in him. But there are some things that would try to do that and distract us from the truth of our security and our identity in him. It's things like this, trouble, hardship, persecution, 
famine, nakedness, danger, sword. Over all of these things, we're more than conquerors. In fact, through all things, we're more than conquerors because we're in him who loves us. And that was an amazing reminder for me from Romans chapter 8. Because mm-hmm. he gets to define us and he is our security. He's our provider. He's our redeemer. Sometimes we look at our circumstances or our relationships, our history, brokenness, even the state of the world at large, and it doesn't seem like anything new is here. Instead, we think, well, chaos is here, destruction is here, devastation is here, heartache is here, deficiency is here, confusion is here, anxiety is here, and the outward things just seem completely overwhelming. But you can just hearing that list was overwhelming. I mean, that's a lot of yuck going on. But like Colossians 3 says, we can redirect our attention and our focus to Jesus, fix our eyes on Jesus, who says that we who are in Christ are new, that we are his, that we are victorious, that we are more than conquerors because of him who loved us. His love is here. And his grace is here and we can walk in and live in these things in the midst of everything else because the old things have passed away and the new is here. And we do have the hope that we get to look forward to that one day all of these externals will be made new as well. On this podcast, we're looking to answer two big questions. What is God like and who am I because of Jesus and the cross? This is what God is like. God is love. God loves us. God is consistent and God is faithful. God provides for us and God protects us. He leads us and he lends wisdom so that we can navigate our days. He empowers us and he equips us because he's generous and he's interested in our success. And we got to qualify that success story by just saying he's interested in our success, particularly as it relates to our trusting in him moment by moment, day by day depending on his power and his work in us. And because of how he's changed us, because these things that you see on your screen or that you've just heard in the audio, you can check out in the show notes about who God is. This is true of me and you by faith that we're overcomers because we're in him and he's in us. We're secure no matter the outward circumstances. We're more than conquerors because we're standing in his love and resting in his grace. He's amazing and he's recreated us as amazing people, the children of God. We have this great book called Promised Land Living that I want to show you, but I forgot to bring it in. So just a second, I'm going to get it. And we're back. We got hold of this really insightful book called Promised Land Living by J. Oswald Sanders, published by our good friends over at Crossways to Life Discipleship Counseling ministry in Kitchener, Ontario. And uh, this book draws lessons from the Israelites following Joshua into the promised land. And it was the inheritance that God had promised to his people for a lot of years. They had been waiting to inherit. And it's where he was leading them into. And they had to follow Joshua into this land of abundance and provision and freedom and life that they were to experience and enjoy under the leading and the care of God. In the land, the people fought battles, dealt with enemies and opposition, and while they didn't always depend on God or follow him very well, often, other times, they won victory in his strength and by his provision. 1 Corinthians 10 verses 6 and 11 both tell us that 
Israel is a picture and an example for us to actually learn from and be instructed by. And so as we track their story in parallel with our own, we can see that leaving bondage in Egypt for Israel is a picture for us of entering salvation through Jesus and leaving behind slavery to sin. And Israel wandering in the desert is a picture of wrestling with the flesh and carnality while people are saved, but still struggling to have it their own way, negotiating and bargaining with God, demanding from him instead of surrendering to his leading. And then Israel entering the promised land, taking hold of their inheritance, enjoying all the grapes and almonds and milk and honey, the abundance, is a picture of walking into a life of ongoing dependence on Jesus, abiding and trusting in him, experiencing his moment-by-moment provision, direction, protection, the fruits and the gifts of the Spirit, the abundant life that Jesus promised to those who believe. Recently, I asked my pastor friend, Ross Gilbert, for his hot take on this phrase, the new is here from our verse 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And almost immediately, he came back with this verse from John chapter 15. It's verses 4 and 5, actually, where it talks about abiding in Jesus the vine. And he said that the word abide is used four times in those two verses. The first time it's used in a grammatical sense, it's a past finished action. And so it's done. And then the other three times that it's used, it's a present continuous action that is like ongoing and it keeps happening and it's all the time. And uh, if we take that grammatical stuff and we put it into real life, it's like there's this moment where we trust Jesus and we're saved and we're brought into the family of God. But then the rest of life, and this is the great practical application, is a present, continuous, depending and abiding in Jesus. And it's an ongoing experience of his presence and his power and his life in us. We reign in life by depending on Jesus in a present, continuous kind of way. Every day we apply the same kind of faith that initiated us into the family of God so that we can live life and navigate all of its circumstances. Every day we walk by faith allowing the Spirit of God and the life of God, the power of God to lead us and to move us. And it's amazing that we get to do this. The only reason that it's an option at all is because the old has passed away and the new has come. The new is here and we've been transformed. Mm -hmm. One more thought to toss out here is that the promised land is not a picture of heaven. You know, some have held a perspective that says, One day when everything is made right, then we'll have everything we need because we'll see him face to face and that's not going to happen until heaven. And so that will be the promised land. But now this, this is not it. But if we look at the example of Israel moving into their inheritance more and more, we can conclude that promised land living is now. And one of the key indications is that there are just way too many battles fought in the promised land to call it heaven. You know, when we see him face to face and stand with him in glory, the struggle, any battles, it will be over and done with. It'll be even better than now, even better than the promised land ever looked. But now, in the meantime, as we are learning to live out of his grace in the face of old habits, the flesh, the enemy trying to pull us down. God has warned Israel that 
whatever enemies they neglected to drive out would become a stumbling block to them in the future, distracting and taking them away from worshiping God and from living with him and trusting in him. And the same is true for us. And so when God puts his finger on things that we refuse to deal with or to surrender to him, they become a hurdle and a tripping point for us, an obstacle. And in heaven, that conflict will be resolved. Uh, But for now, we are learning to stand in the inheritance of life and provision in the identity that is ours in Christ. And in fact, the inheritance is really Jesus himself. Yeah. And his grace is for now. His resources are for now. His life is for now because we're in him, because we've been transformed and the new is here. A minute ago, Kim briefly mentioned the scope of eternal life. We hear that word or those words eternal life and we often think it just goes on and on forever. There's no end to it. True. That's what eternal life means. But it's also true in the other direction because eternal means it has no beginning and it has no end. And because we've been brought into union with Jesus because of his resurrection power at work in our mortal bodies, we partake of that eternal life by faith in an ongoing way right now. And it's like it's like this. If I was going to take the train to Vancouver, I get my ticket here in Stratford And then I head out down past Windsor and out across the prairies and I go meandering through the Rockies and I eventually make it way far west and I get to Vancouver on the train. Woohoo! But the train didn't start in Stratford. In fact, the train didn't even start in Ontario. The train started way out east at uh, what's the farthest east point we can find? Cape Spear, Newfoundland. I don't know if they have a train station there or not, but that's as far east as you can go in Canada. And the train started there, and it's been moving before I ever got on. But I take the opportunity to get on the train in Stratford, and I'm carried along safely all the way to the end point, way out west, and it just carries me so easily. Now imagine that while Jam is on the train for days, he pulls out his lunch pack that he brought with him. He's got a nice summer sausage sandwich, probably... That I made for him. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, some nice couple of pickles. That you also made for him. Yeah. And a, <laughs> maybe an Nanmu bar since you're heading out there, but probably one that I didn't make. One of Any- my favorites, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's a nice little lunch, but it's definitely not enough for JM to spend a week traveling across Canada. So he starts to uh, kind of ration himself and plans for when he can nibble a bite of the sandwich and which day he'll eat a pickle. And how to savor that Nanaimo bar, which probably won't work. It will probably be gone. One bite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one, one bite wonder. So that hopefully he can make it last the distance, but he'd run short. He would be hungry, probably hangry, not to mention parched because he'd only got one Nalgene of water. Yep. I thought I planned ahead so well, and yet here I am. So several days into this trip, the conductor comes around and he's checking my ticket and everything's in order. And he sees me nibbling my crust of bread and my wrinkly little pickle. And he says, well, do you want a coffee and a crumpet? And I'm like, but I don't have a coffee or a crumpet. And at this point, he explains (laughs) to me, if I just walk to the next train car over, I will be in the dining car. And in the dining car, there is a buffet that is waiting for me. And for all the other passengers, it's been prepared and everything is there ready Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, drinks, 
It's all prepared for me and it's all included in the price of admission. All the provision I need for the journey is readily available for me because I got on the train back in Stratford. I mean, that would blow me away. And I would wonder why I didn't take advantage of it sooner in the trip, except that I didn't know that it was there. I guess I didn't read the fine print on my ticket or something. But if I started to take advantage of this provision that had been prepared for me, the rest of my travel would be much more bearable. It might be more relaxed. It would be more enjoyable. And it would be freeing to me. Mm -hmm. Now, either way, you're going to reach the destination. But one experience of that is going to be so much more enjoyable than the other. And it was a good Nanaimo bar, though. Just <laughs> good. saying. Good. Sometimes believers experience life like this illustration. They get on the salvation train, but they don't always realize that provision for the journey is theirs, that it's ready and available to them. Remember what Romans 8 says? Will God also not graciously give us all things too? And the answer is yes. So do you feel like you need patience? Well, Jesus is your patience and he's been made available to you. Do you need wisdom? Wisdom from heaven is available for you. Do you need peace in the middle of your upheaval? Well, peace is acceptable to you. And in fact, Jesus is your peace. Do you need endurance? Well, his life in you is the strength and persistence that you need. Everything has been made available for you. In fact, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says, that God's divine power has granted us everything we need for life and for godliness. It's here. It's now. And he's called us by his own glory and his goodness. We get to be more than conquerors because of him who loves us. We can reign in life as we fix our eyes on Jesus, relying on his strength and power to carry us through our days. And all of these things are true because by faith you are a brand new creation recreated in Jesus and joined to him forever. Eternal life is yours now. The old is gone. The new is here. If you know someone who would be encouraged by the things that we've shared in this episode, I would love for you to pass it along to them. And if you found some value here, please take a minute, poke the like button and leave us a comment below. We would love to hear from you and how you're journeying with Jesus these days. And as we sign off for today, we want to just encourage you to hold on to the truth of who you are and who you belong to. God is for you, not against you, and you can trust him. It's good that we get to share the journey together. So bless you lots today. And until we see you next time, remember, we are recreated.